Hi, everyone, and welcome to the show today. My name is Tim Small, and today I have a very special guest on the show. His name is Ren Hines, hailing from the southeast coast of KwaZulu-Natal, South Africa. Ren Hines grew up with a musician for a father and a landscape painter for a mother. As a kid, watching his dad recording and overdubbing inspired Ren to keep a tape recorder with him, recording whatever and wherever he could. Later, he would compare the layering of instruments and textures to the mediums and paints of his mother's chosen art form. For Ren, songwriting became painting with sound, using light, shade, and a sense of space to communicate powerful impressions and feelings. Ren brought the schooling to gorgeous fruition across his first three albums, initially available on Bandcamp and now released on vinyl through Bella Union private pressings. Made with an eco-friendly manufacturing company, each record will be available as a special edition limited to 200 copies, available through mail order and the Bella Union store. Either way, the trilogy plots the growth curve of a major talent released in readiness for the now Bella Union signed artist's incoming fourth album. The first of three retroactive releases will be a child's chant for the new millennium. Ladies and gentlemen, I welcome Ren Hines. Hey, Tim. It's lovely to be with you and share in this conversation with you today. I love your background there, Ren. You've got a copy of your latest record in the background. Tell us more about the piano that is behind you. Yeah, man. So, yeah, this piano has been with me and in my life for many years now. It's actually my partner's grandfather's piano. And we eventually got it around like seven years ago. So it's featured on a lot of my recordings. I don't know if it's anything special, but it's got a beautiful tone. I took the panel out. I love the look of it, but most importantly, the sound. Like just, yeah, perfect place to place marks. I'm not going to go too into the piano, but I mean, yeah, it's got a lot of history and it's just a part of the day-to-day -day life in the studio, I think. Well, you've definitely set the standard quite high for backgrounds on the show. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think it's my theatrical inclination there <laughs> for sure. <laughs> Wonderful. Well, it's really great to have you on the show. And I'm really excited to speak with you about your latest record, A Child's Chant for the New Millennium, which is your third full length record. But I guess before we do that, I'm really excited to find out more about your signing to Bella Union, because as I understand it, you released your first three records on Bandcamp, and then you recently signed to Bella Union, who are now putting out vinyl releases of your first three records. So maybe you can tell me more about how you signed to Bella Union and the subsequent release of your first three albums on vinyl. It's quite an epic tale in a way i mean i started recording as a child with tape a little portable tape recorder as you mentioned at the beginning so that got me into that world and watching my father record so basically around 2012 i was still living in durban at the time and i got myself a little 24 track portable recorder my brother actually brought it in he ordered it from the states so it came in it was nothing special little zoom recorder just a standalone recorder that you don't need to use a computer or DAW with at all. So I got stuck into this and I just started to really love the process of 
ultimately overdubbing in that more old school approach where you don't have screens distracting you. You're more in tune and present with the creative process of actually laying down parts and creating music. And just the overdubbing thing did it for me, you know, like laying down a guitar and vocals on one track and then just starting to expand and expand on the story on each song. So yeah, 2012 is where I just pretty much got into mostly through experimentation, but recording my songs that I'd written and it was just in drips and drabs, you know, like sometimes three or four songs a month. And then whenever I was inspired, another song would come around and eventually I just had this backlog of songs pretty much that I just shoved into the archives and I had a habit of always doing that with my solo work, record all this music and all these songs. And then they would just go into the archives and it was mostly for me and family, you know, I didn't release it officially then. Yeah. So going on through the years, then I worked with my brother as well. We performed as the Heinz brothers. We were mostly active from 2009 to around 2014. So it was within that window where I was also just expressing myself in my own way with my own recordings. So then eventually in 2015, my partner and I moved from Durban to Cape Town. We moved into a little apartment in Simon's Town, a very small coastal Navy village, like 50 Ks from Cape Town. I got stuck into recording few albums for other people. So there were a few projects going on. Yeah. So then basically amongst other projects and productions that I was getting into still with the same little 24 track recorder, um, the one day we received a little message from Simon Raymond. He messaged Faye and Ren through the Bandcamp messenger contact form and just basically said how much he loved volume one. It was the little EP that we had done together. It was amazing. In 2012, I found a copy of this uncut magazine compilation and it was called the white winter hymnals, a compilation of Bella Union artists and curated by Bella Union. And I remember being blown away with this mixtape, this compilation. It just had the most amazing artists and sounds and songs featured on this mixtape. The Bella Union seed was planted back then in 2012, where I discovered some of their artists. And then fast forward to 2018, receiving this message from Simon from Bella Union, we were both like, wow, that's quite amazing to hear from this man. Yeah, then we were just in touch. We corresponded for a bit and then obviously life carries on. We moved back to Durban in 2019, my partner and I, for a year, just to wrap up some family stuff. And the correspondence with Simon kind of just fizzled out and it was quiet. <laughs> and life went on, carried on working, producing albums, you know. And then at the end of 2019, I started working on the first song for A Child's Chant for the New Millennium, which was called Sign of Life. So that was a poem written by my uncle. Keith Erasmus, who I work with quite frequently in the writing world. He's a great lyricist, a great poet, 
and we bring our strengths together quite often and they often result in really beautiful arrangements and songs so yeah at the end of 2019 the foundations for child's chant for the new millennium came together we decided to move back to cape town at the beginning of 2020 there's challenges in the music industry in Durban. It's kind of closed off from the rest of the country and the rest of the world. And Cape Town is definitely, I would say, more of the capital of show business and the entertainment world and the music scene. So little did we know what was going to happen in 2020. I mean, if we had known, we would have like stuck it out in KZN. It would have been a much better place to be facing the pending apocalypse <laughs> but we arrived in cape town in 2020 moved into a little cottage in glencan also village about 50 k's out the city i've never been inclined to live in city he's coming from a small town so i've always got to be outside <laughs> in the more kind of village life you know yeah so 2020 came everything unfolded we moved beginning of march so it was just a few weeks before everything was going to be locked down and all that basically we were in this cottage we didn't have furniture in that so it was just like this kind of austere situation you know we were like in this very empty cottage we had our bed on the floor in the bedroom and we had our basics i had my recording stuff and equipment and that and then yeah i just got stuck into putting a few more songs down it wasn't as if the lockdown brought that upon because I'm always pretty actively recording anyway. When a song arises or if I finish a song, I want to get it recorded as soon as possible. It's almost like a diary output for me. But anyway, then the rest of Charles Chant for the New Millennium came about in that situation. So yeah the first two tunes were recorded in KZN and the rest were wrapped up in our cottage in Glencairn at that time I was feeling very pretty heavy about the situation I don't think it's normal for anyone to tell anybody to stay at home for an uncertain amount of time so I found it like pretty stressful in that way naturally <laughs> but I decided to release Pretty much all my recordings then i just put them out on bandcamp i was just like you know what i'm just gonna put all of the stuff out so my first album tragedy hill second album a thousand hearts and charles chant for the new millennium pretty close together were put out on bandcamp yeah and then not too long after that it was probably about late 2020 i hear from simon again he drops me a message on facebook and we start chatting again and corresponding he heard about my father's history and music as well so i think he was interested in that as well he, he also comes from a very musical family his father is ivor raymond who was a very well-known songwriter for many great artists so he's got a pure love of music that's the thing he's not like a label guy he's not like in that way he's from a musical family a musical dynasty basically a musician who started a label and we just got on so the correspondence picked up again with simon and i think he decided okay i'm ready to sign you now <laughs> so 
he approached me as a solo artist to sign a record deal with Bella Union, but also encompass the release of the back catalog on limited edition vinyl. So that's where we are at this point. The limited edition vinyl has been released. There's 200 copies of each album, Tragedy Hill, A Thousand Hearts, and Child's Chant for the New Millennium. And the brand new album, which is the next album, the incoming Belly Union album is finished now. I handed it in around September. So that's very exciting. And yeah, it's a very exciting journey to be on. I've never been in this situation, a South African independent artist, probably all around the world artists feel the same thing. But when you're slogging it out for over 10 years, you reach a point where you're thinking like, I look at all the older South African musicians, the legends, and they've worked their asses off for, for so many years, like their whole lives. And I see the struggle still continue, you know, the hustle of being a musician. And so this definitely gave me a huge morale boost and made me feel like I'm on the right track. I've put in the groundwork. And I think with any sport or craft, when you put in that time, when you do that groundwork, sometimes it's yeah, 10, 15 years, that's your training ground. You're in the training camps and yeah, I feel in a very good space now. I feel like Bella Union is the perfect home for what I do. And I feel like they're good people and a small team. So I feel very at home and happy to be a part of this journey for sure. Awesome. Yeah, that's an incredible story. And I can see how Bandcamp has actually played quite a pivotal role in the story. Absolutely. Yeah, which is interesting. So I wanted to just touch on one or two points there quickly. So what I found quite interesting was that Simon from Bella Union actually initially picked up on your sound by listening to your Faye and Ren album, which, if I understand correctly, is a album that you put out with your partner Faye, correct? Yeah, yeah. Great. So it, it was interesting to me that that's how he initially heard of you. And then fast forward a few years later to the COVID pandemic when you decided to put up your three solo records. That's when Simon thought, okay, cool. The time is now to chat to Ren <laughs> about a potential signing. So yeah, it's just great to hear that Bandcamp has been so helpful to you in that sense. And I've listened to all three of your solo records, Tragedy Hill, A Thousand Hearts, and A Child's Chant for the New Millennium. But I actually didn't know that there was this other album entitled Faye and Wren, where you've performed with your partner. So that's another great album for the folks to listen to. And yeah, yeah I wanted to actually quickly just touch on the concert that you played recently this year at the Sun Temple. It's a full-length concert that is available on YouTube for everyone to watch. And I encourage everyone to go and check it out because it's a really great concert where they can see what it's like to watch you perform live. It was put on by Concert South Africa. So can you tell me a little bit more about that concert? Yeah, so um, it was around the beginning of the year, Concerts SA they do these, I don't know how often they do them, but they basically have funding to put on original filmed and streamed concerts. And they partnered with the Norwegian embassy who have always been very good to 
South Africa and the African continent in the way of funding the creative sectors. So I just saw a call for applications for artists to put on a concert like this. And I thought it was the perfect opportunity with everything that had come to a head, you know? Yeah. So I was just excited about putting on a concert like this. And the most important thing for me was getting it filmed really nicely as well, just because I've always like stayed away from the online streaming thing. There was like during the lockdowns, everyone was wanting to just like put on these streamed shows and they were mostly awful quality. And it just took away from the actual experience of a live performance. I think watching anything digitally through a screen, it's never going to be the same, but it was important that I could get as close to the real thing as possible. So yeah, it made it possible to have some funding to get some good cameras in there to get some good sound. And I think that was the main goal and to put forward like a nice full show of basically what the Renhans experience is. And that's what I wanted to do. In that show though, like, I think it was the first song run. <laughs> there was a moment where like I hit this thumb notes and I was just like, oh, that's it, man. That's like set the tone for this whole thing. I'm always trying to have the finished thing like perfect every time, but it's never going to be like that. And when we edited the show, we just decided to keep that song in there. Even though there was that like weird slip of the fretboard and the string, we just kept it in there. Like it still grates me. Like if I do see that, I'm just like, oh no, man, <laughs> it's going to like, yeah. <laughs> it's funny that you say that because I've watched the concert maybe three times and I certainly didn't pick up on the bum note at all. Oh, really? Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> well, I hope I didn't draw attention to it now. <laughs> Well, yeah, I think now I'll be on the lookout for it. But, you know, that's <laughs> that's the way it goes. I think when you're a musician, you're always going to make a mistake here or there. And then you think about it and say, oh, gosh, you know, silly me. Yeah. But, but the reality is, is for the audience, they don't notice that and they just enjoy the concert. You know, I saw you perform once live and it's many, many years ago when you were playing at the waterfront. So it's been... A number of years since I've seen you perform live. So this concert on YouTube live at Sun Temple is such an incredible concert because one can really get a sense of the Ren Hines acoustic show, if you will. And I loved how you spoke in between the songs and told stories about the guitars and so forth. And what I really found amazing was that I only realized halfway through the concert when you mentioned that the sound was not amplified in the sense that it was just two condenser microphones in your acoustic. I don't think I even really noticed that at first. And so I was really amazed that this concert was purely acoustic, right? Yeah. Yeah. So the room at the Sun Temple is, that's the special thing. It's a complete timber, basically a house. It was a house concert, essentially, but a beautiful timber home. And I mean, you can't go wrong with wood. It's basically like an instrument in itself. Actually, this new album was recorded at Sun Temple. So the Sun Temple came into the picture quite a lot as well over the last two years or so. And from recording the album at the Sun Temple, I kind of felt like with this Concerts SA show, we considered amplifying it, but because it's such a small room, thought actually, you know what, it's for streaming and the people who are here, the in-house audience are going to enjoy the 
sonic purity of unplugged, totally unplugged. So yeah, we just set up two condenser microphones and that was it. It's pretty much just a live recording. Yeah. Awesome. awesome. Well, I've really been enjoying the latest record, A Child's Chant for the New Millennium. There are seven tracks on this record, including a track called The Pearl, which you've recently released an official music video for, which is also on YouTube. So I'm just keen to know more about the album now that I've listened to it a couple of times. Yeah. As I mentioned earlier, the start of the album, the foundations were started in Durban. I mean, on the South Coast before moving to Cape Town before the lockdowns. So it started with Sign of Life. But there wasn't really, I didn't have any idea of what the mood that was going to come into the world, you know, so... I think that did shape the sound and the mood of the album substantially throughout the rest of the recording process, being in that situation in in our like unfurnished little cottage in Glen Cairn during those like intense first days of lockdown that definitely played a big role in the mood. And most importantly, the lyrical content, mostly from Keith's side. He's always been a very inspiring and fascinating person to have conversation with. And I think you can hear where he comes from in his lyrical content. And a lot of the ways that he sees the world and thinks I resonate with as well, you know, so we see eye to eye in a lot of ways. Yeah, so the Charles Trump for New Millennium album the whole first half of the album that's basically three poems that are keats yeah three i think a child's chant for the new millennium sign of life and the pearl those are all keith erasmus poems so that opens up the album and yeah i think the title as well child's chant for the new millennium it did definitely feel like a new millennium <laughs> that we were entering into so everything pretty much tied together it was never meant to be a concept album or anything but i think it turned into something like that yeah man i just got stuck in and did what i love to do and that kept me busy and kept me distracted and there were some amazing outcomes from it as well so i think it's yeah huge, huge lessons to always just push on with the thing that you love to do and things unfold it's just always this unfolding that is happening yeah so those first three tracks on the record they're based on original poems by your uncle keith so i'm very interested to know when you collaborated with him on those three tracks did you take his poems and his lyrics and essentially match them to the music entirely or did you include some of your own lyrics and work with the poem to mold it to your song i'm just fascinated to find out more about that because i assume the rest of the tracks on the album include lyrics that you've written yourself but with these first three i'm interested to know more if you don't mind speaking about that it's just very interesting no no, no not at all no i haven't uh, changed keith's lyrics at all in those songs kept them exactly as is i didn't add anything to them fortunately he's got a way of writing as well that naturally fits into like a musical framework his writing style is very much it's got like these patterns that just fit in with timing and rhythm and all of that so most of the time 
he'll bring a poem to me and say he really thinks this is going to be a a great one to work on. What do you think? And then he'll recite the poem and we'll get it written down. He'll write it down. And then the music usually comes afterwards. It's not set like that because there have been times with one of his poems that, you know, it's like the other way around, but usually it's the only way that I can make it really work is to see how his wording is and then match the musical landscape to that, you know? Yeah. Interesting. And I'd love it if you could maybe highlight one or two of the tracks on the album that you really love and can talk some more about. Yeah, I think that's the thing. Songs all have their own story. They all come out at a certain time and place. They definitely have their own mood around whatever chapter of life you're in. But for me, the first song that I actually recorded for the album was Sign of Life, and that pretty much set the tone. It was just so heart-wrenching and heavy and sparse, and it just had this mood about it, and it really resonated. It's hard to go into stories behind each one, but I would say Sign of Life was one of my favorites of Keith's poems to work with. River's song is also very close to my heart. quite a story around that. My partner and I went through quite a personal experience in that year of 2019 of a a miscarriage. So that song really came out of that processing all the feelings and emotions that you go through in those situations. And one of my favorites in a more kind of light way was Renbird. It's more like a state of dreaming story. Ever since childhood, I've experienced flying in dreams. So it's going into that dream space and telling a story in the dream space in a way. I really enjoyed the feel of Renbird. It's very light, a lot of picking acoustic instruments, the layers and layers of stringed instruments, picking nicely, beautiful, swashy, slumpy drum kit going on. Yeah, with a little bit of a sneaky electronic synth to appease the R&B and hip-hop crowd, (laughs) but used subtly, you know. So, yeah, I think everything's got its own feel, and you always find something in the song that moves you in a different way to another. Now, later, I'm starting to love the Pearl more than I did at the beginning. The Pearl at the beginning, I was kind of unsure. I just felt like, is this just, (laughs) you you just don't know. Obviously, I do love everything that I record. If I didn't, I wouldn't put them on an album. But it's really grown on me lately. I would say that the Pearl is certainly one of my favorites on the record. I love how it breaks into that. I'm not sure what term to use, but later on in the song, in the second half of the song, it kind of breaks into a new sonic terrain. (laughs) Oh, yeah. But it definitely goes into a new place in the song, which you don't necessarily expect earlier on. It's almost like the song is, in a way, split into two parts. And I love how it builds up to that second part, which I just find to be very emotive and beautiful. I just love the sonic textures of the second part of that song. So it's interesting to hear you mention that because I watched the music video this morning for it, and it just reminded me, of what a strong song it is on the album. And so to hear that you were somewhat hesitant to even include it, if you will, yeah, yeah. that's super interesting to me. 
Yeah, I think it's all quite a mystery, actually, you know. Yeah, it's a bit yeah. like the mystery of uh, flying dreams, which I also have from time to time. So we, we saw, oh, wow, we saw that in common. <laughs> yeah, man, I haven't had one of those for a while, though. I don't know why. I'm really hoping for a return sometime <laughs> soon. Yeah, they're super fun to have flying dreams. But you've certainly got a lot to be excited about at the moment. You've received vinyl copies of all three of your solo albums, which I'm sure must be an incredible experience to hold in your hand. And of course, yeah, the, the next full-length album, your fourth record, which is complete, any idea on when that's going to come out on Bella Union? Yeah, so at the moment, that's a little bit on the DL. We're still waiting to hear about a release date. It's all totally new territory to me as well, but I'm really excited about it. Each album just has its own story and feel. And a lot of the time for this new album, it was like officially, this is a Bella Union album that I'm recording. I think that can kind of play with your mind a little bit. Whereas in the past, you're always pretty much just doing it for you, which is how I think you should always do it. And I had to remind myself of that a lot of times with this new album, like just do this for you. I've got a huge backlog of song ideas that I'm always sifting through and just trying to get through. So at least these songs, a lot of them were actually written before. So I didn't play on my mind too much in that way. I knew I'd written these songs. So yeah, <laughs> but I'm very excited. Man. It's, it's, uh, it's a different album. I think it's different to the last three. Incredible. Yeah. It's really cool to be able to speak to you at the beginning of 2023. I'm sure you're going to have a fantastic year ahead of you. All that hard work over the years is now finally paying off. So yeah, Ren, it's been great to have you on the show today. Thanks so much for coming on. Any final words for the fans? Oh man. Yeah. Keep on keeping on. Eh? Do what you love and yeah, I'm very thankful and appreciative of anyone who's shown interest in the journey or has been moved in some way by the music. That's what keeps me going and keeps me wanting to share it with the world. I mean, I would do it for myself anyway. I feel like I'm in that space. But yeah, it's even better when others want to share it with you. And yeah, man, <laughs> I'm very much looking forward to what the future holds. I think we're all in for for some good things. Yeah, it's going to be nice just to get back out and play some shows in your case, or watch some shows in my case. Yeah. But I'll catch up with you soon at a live show. Hopefully I can make it out to the commons, but if not, I'll see you soon. So thanks again for your time. All the best cool, for 23 and uh, yeah, enjoy the rest of your day. <laughs> thanks so much, man. Good to chat. Good to connect. And yeah, good to meet you, man. We'll chat soon. Cheers, Ren. Take care. Ciao.